Welcome back to Detroit Strange. We just had a dance party and I accidentally started doing the chicken dance in the middle of it. Oh, don't worry. I was over here shimmying my non-existent bosoms. Oh, yeah. so, oh no, they were beautiful. You know. they were Thank be- you. I imagined it all. Imagine them swinging around. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> happy summer. I know it's not officially summer, although I think when this comes out, it might be. So happy yeah, summer. Yeah, because the solstice is this weekend. Yeah. So, so yeah, happy summer. Did you have we a nice were, summer vacay? I did. I had a lovely summer break. Um, went to Grand Rapids last weekend. So Ooh. that was fun. That's actually Ooh. where I got my drink for today, which I'm bringing up the drink too early. We can talk about it later. No, you know, you let's just now? Do it. we can you do it now, now because my drink is also from vacation. Ooh, so mine is a sangria from the Mitten Brewing Company. Oh, nice. So a little can of sangria. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not like the best sangria I've ever had, but considering it came out of a can from a brewery, not mad at it. I just had to look really quick at something. My my drink today is from a distillery in St. Augustine, Florida, and I have the bottle in the room, but it is not in my recording space and I cannot see it. So I do not remember the name of them, but they are they were lovely. And it is Creamsicle Moonshine. Ooh. Yeah, with a little guava lacroida, you know, even yeah. out a little for yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah. That sounds delicious. Delicious. I will share it with you. It was yes, please. A special treat from my Florida trip. Which... Your Florida trip sounded like a trip. You have a nice glow. You're a glow Thank from you. Florida. Not intentionally, though. As I was telling you, I did wear my SPF very yeah. diligently. You get a little glow uh, with SPF still because you're out in the sun. You're doing stuff. Yeah. I, I really was outdoors a lot in the sun a lot because it's all sun. Except yeah. for when it was storming and it felt like a hurricane at one point. Uh, <laughs> no, I so just to share with viewers, I my parents moved to a 55 plus community last year and they built a house in Margaritaville. Love that. As I love that so much. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah. And they so they've been there just shy of a year at this point and, you know, I couldn't see them. Yeah. So I waited a bit and I w- went and saw them finally. It was so lovely. It is wild there. Girl, I saw the snaps in your story and I was like, I don't know where she is, but it looks like a party. Yeah, it's kind of nuts because like, I don't know, I just re- grew up in like a normal, you know, suburb, like nothing yeah. fancy, like whatever. And it's interesting because like the in the area, you can like choose different house models, but there's like a set pattern and it's a like yeah. HOA situation. So the outside, like the paint jobs up to like the HOA and stuff. Yeah. So all kind of like matches, mismatches on purpose kind of a thing. And, but oh, some, and some of the houses are attached. So my parents own a house next to my aunt okay. who uses it as a vacation home. And so I got to stay at her house. So I had like a free Airbnb essentially, which was Oh, that's amazing. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. That part was wonderful. So I still had like my own space. Lisa went with me for a little bit of it. And, you know, we had our own little space, which was love wonderful. that. That's perfect. Yeah, it was great. And then there's like amenities. So there's like a pool and then they have a restaurant slash like bar next to the pool. And there's like a concert, outdoor concert thing. They also have a beach club that you can take a shuttle bus to. Love that. Like, yeah. So it's a private beach. And then the beach club also has a pool. They, I don't know why, like, oceanfront places love having a pool within view of the ocean. I'm like, y'all couldn't walk the 30 feet? Like, Yeah, no. Well, I, I guess I get, pool swimming is different. It is. And I will say, I went for a birthday party. Because, um, huh. you know, now I have friends in Margaritaville. Yes. Uh, which, legit, I did hang out with my parents' friends. It was lovely. They're very kind people. So I feel, I feel good about my parents being there now because... Good. The Mets you know, are nice, nice people in Margaritaville. Yes, I I did. I met them mostly on a golf cart driveway crawl. Okay, where everybody goes to different driveways, and you have a small drink at each driveway, and then Love it ends that. in a, a raffle of some sort. My mom won a, a passport wallet, for example. Nice. This one because this one was around the world, so each driveway had a different country theme. Okay. Yeah. 
What was your favorite? My favorite country. Oh, well, okay. Somebody did choose Peru and they did have Pisco Sours. And that okay. is one of my ultimate favorite things. So that was What's in a Pisco Sour? Uh, well, theirs was a little different. I'm not going to lie. There was a little different. And most of them like, were a little on the weak side, but for good reason. There was eight stops. So yeah. please, yes, make that weak. Like, I do yeah. not want to die, especially in front of my parents' friends. Yeah. And... A Pisco Sour is generally Pisco, which is, it kind of tastes like tequila, but it's not at all. It is a type of brandy, I believe. Interesting. Okay. But it's clear, which is also very interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it's the way that it's processed. I It's been a while since I've researched it, so I can't quite remember what it's made Fair. from right now. And then basically sour and usually like an egg white. Okay. And then a few bitters on top. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I think theirs was like, pisco maybe some seven up or something and like lemon juice so it was a little different but it was fine but it was still that sounds good to, still yeah yeah and then Love it ended it up it ended in america where everybody got a chili dog <laughs> yep that tracks but let me tell you it was why there was like 100 to 150 golf carts going on this thing it was wild I love that i love i'm glad that your parents aren't in like one of those stuffy like no fun 55 up communities this one sounds like a lot of oh, fun. absolutely not no they're they're all a lot of fun and i i could not have imagined and i cannot explain what it is like but i i hope to bring everybody there someday just to like experience margaritaville experience. yeah aren't all the streets like lost sake shaker of salt way and like busted oh, flip-flop yeah. boulevard yeah they're all after jimmy buffett songs okay it's hilarious and they're building like way more right now too they're doing oh, wow. like i think they're on phase three or something of five as far as and the, the oldest resident has only been there for three years that's crazy yeah everything's like super new and stuff and they're building an indoor concert venue interesting yeah then they have a gym and stuff of course too and i don't know lots of stuff happening there yeah so but it was great. It was really good to see my parents. That really meant a oh, lot. And, you know, we did some other things. Too. We went on like an eco tour boat thing where we saw wildlife in this really gorgeous state park where there was also a natural spring that we got to jump into. That was beautiful. I tried not to think about the fact that there was a tiny, tiny chance alligators could be there. Uh, yeah. But they don't tend to go in that area. So I was like, OK, I'm going to do this. But it was really pretty. And yeah, I had a fun time in Florida, which no offense, I never thought I would say. <laughs> no, like legit, because I kind of like sometimes feel the same way. Like I have a lot of relatives that either live there full time or like are like part time. And like they're always like, oh, mm -hmm. come on down to Florida. I'm like, yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> but maybe one day I actually will. Mm -hmm. Actually, too, I did. Oh, oh, how did I not start with this? It, because this was like the first thing I did, basically. I went and saw Medium. Okay. There's this city called Casadega that's only like a half hour from the Daytona area. Yeah. It's this tiny little place and they have a spiritualist camp there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. it's It was very interesting. And so we walked around. There was like this like fairy garden and stuff like that. It was cutesy or whatever, but it's very small. Yeah. And then we went to the little store and of course they had like, you know, crystals and all the books and like some tarot decks and things like that. And then there's a board of like mediums willing to meet with people today, like certified mediums willing to meet with people today from the spiritualist camp. Okay. And we called up a medium. Lisa and I both did it. And we went to this guy's, this sounds so shady, but it wasn't. <laughs> we went to this guy's house and he has like a room for, you know, like a reading room and yeah. everything like that. And then he did like, um, well, he said he was going to do a half hour session with both of us, but he ended up doing about 45 minutes with each of us. Nice. Yeah, it was very interesting. I didn't know what to expect. I was a little like slightly scared at first. Okay. I was Le like legit. Yeah, because I've never done that. And but it was interesting. I think I would definitely do it again. He was also very sweet and he gave me his business card and he's like, if something comes up and you didn't ask me something you can call anytime. And I was like, oh. he was like, and there's no charge with that. That's just, that's what I Goodbyes. do. And I was like, yeah, oh, thank you. That yeah. So that was cool. And I'm still kind of reeling off of it a little bit. 
Interesting. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a great trip. Yeah, it was it was awesome. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. Nice little summer break. Yeah, it was nice to take a little break, I think, as well. Oh, I for hope, sure. I was going to say, I hope you you felt rested and relaxed. I did. I didn't really, like, I went to Grand Rapids. I'm going camping this upcoming weekend, so I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to just kind of, like, chill, kind of, like, put a little effort in some side stuff I'm working on. Yeah. Um, Video games. I just started The Witcher 3 because I started the show oh. The Witcher. Okay, yeah, I've watched the show. I've only gotten, I watched, like, the first two episodes. And I watched them twice. Because I watched like the first, I watched them at night and then I watched them the next day. Just I was like, mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know how much of this I actually caught last night because I was sleepy. Yeah. So let me watch these ones again. That happens. Yeah. And then I found out they have a version for the PS4. So I was like, well, did a GameStop same day delivery and got that. Oh, delivery. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like. Because it was free, free same day delivery. I was like, yeah. I don't have to leave my house. And I stood at the like almost instant gratification. Absolutely. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of been what I've been playing lately, which is fun. I love it. Yeah. Plus just Henry Cavill. Oh, my God. I know who Henry Cavill is, but I could not tell you the roles Henry Cavill has done. Okay. I know that's bad. He's done I Superman. Know, I know you he was him. Superman. Which I haven't one? seen him as Superman. <laughs> Like the There's- most recent, the DC one. Okay. Like okay. he was in Batman versus Superman, uh, which I know because my therapist told me today that Henry Cavill walked past him in Ferndale one day when he was filming. Oh, fun. At, like the DIY fest. Yeah. Lovely. Right. Confirmed everything I needed to know. He's not like exceedingly tall. I think he's only like 6'1, mm-hmm. but he's just, as we say in the business, built like a brick shit house. And 6'1 is huge. Not- bad six no that's pretty a, good that's i know pretty... you're very tall so like yeah. your identity with tall is probably different yeah six one to me is still tall and he's just huge just jacked <laughs> i like every time i see him i'm just like oh he could break me in half and i love that for me <laughs> that's i that is lovely yeah i think that's why i've just been obsessed with the witchers i'm so thirsty for henry cavill mm-hmm. that's fair that's fair yeah that's what I need this summer. Summer thirst. Yeah, I I get it. Sometimes you just need to have a celebrity crush. Oh, absolutely. It's like, I know this will never happen. And I like, yeah. it's just kind of like, I like to dream that someday mm-hmm. be back filming Superman part two yeah. in Detroit again. And bump exactly into you. Call it. Yeah. Like a meet cute. Bump into me on the street and he'll be like, I never thought mm-hmm. I was gay until I saw you. And then he's mm-hmm. going to sweep me off my feet and carry me into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. break me in half. You guys are g- both going to be carrying like random stacks of paper, run into each other, and then have to pick them up off the ground. And it will be his script. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh my I'm gosh, like, it's oh, you. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me rewrite this for you. These lines are trash. <laughs> I mean, that's her too. Yeah. No, I love, I love having celebrity crushes. I think it's a lot of fun. I have a new one too right now. And is it um, the guy who's your phone background? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on blast. So bad. It's so bad. Um, I get it. I'm tempted to change my phone background to Henry Cavill. I just, there's nothing else I had to put up. Like, I've right. had our logo and stuff up before, but Same. like, you know, you got to change it once in a while. And sometimes I'll put random things from like, I don't know, trash television that made me laugh or something yeah. like that up there. But now I put my celebrity crush up there. I think I might follow in your footsteps and just because, mm-hmm. you know. I might, I need that little pick me up every time I unlock mm-hmm. my phone of just seeing Henry Cavill. The best part is that um, mine isn't somebody like people like would instantly recognize <laughs> at all. They might yeah. like be like, oh, was that person in this show or whatever? So people, it's also like a conversation starter. Oh, yeah. Like, what, what is your phone background? I don't understand what's happening here. And then I'm like, oh, that's my, my celebrity boyfriend, crush. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Now I feel like I'm being weird and mysterious and I should say who it is, but I don't think most people would know. You don't, Say what you want. Don't mm, say what you want. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll remain mystery, mystery, mysterious. <laughs> yes. We should put it on the Instagram of like, who's Jess's phone background? And <gasps> oh my to, gosh. Get people to guess. 
That would be so fun unless you've seen my phone and then don't. But I think honestly, most people who listen to our show have not. Yeah. So. I love, we're going to start a contest. There's no prizes other than the joy of winning. Yes. And sometimes but, that's all you need, especially yeah. just something Instagram and a story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. Yes. Well, I do have a story for you. Excellent. It's interesting because this was almost my first episode and now it is 96. Oh, interesting. Do you have any guesses? No, I'm, I'm really, is it one we've talked, we had talked about and just, because in the beginning we were sharing with each other for those first few episodes and then, then yeah. we decided to keep it a mystery. Yeah, I don't know why I was like, I'm going to do this as my first episode. But then like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, this isn't a great first episode. I'm glad we did okay. The Witch of Del Rey. Yeah. But I just kind of just had this one in my back pocket. I didn't have like a ton of notes for it, but I just kind of had the idea in my back pocket. Yeah. I'm like, now is the time. I have absolutely no guesses. All right. I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Have you ever heard of a place called Palmer Park? Yes, and we did talk about this. I do remember talking about this now. There was Yeah. Wasn't there even like a purchasing of a book or something? Or we talked I about I definitely it? read the one from the library. Okay, yes. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. Please. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Palmer Park is kind of Detroit's OG gayborhood. It was once referred to as Michigan's gayest square mile. Mhm. It's very small. Yeah, no, it's small but mighty. Oh, yes. So just kind of diving right into the founding of this park, it was named for U.S. Senator Thomas Witherell Palmer because he was the one who donated the original land for the park. Uh, In 1893, he donated 140 acres of land for a city park, Uh, but he gave the condition that the virgin forest be preserved. So basically, like, this forest hasn't been cut down. Leave it up. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, 80 of those acres he inherited from his grandfather, who was a judge, Judge James Witherell. Uh, and he kind of just kept amassing land. I don't know where he's getting it from, but he eventually ended up with 640 acres. Like, and he just kept donating land. Wow. Uh, and in total, like 296 acres was given to Palmer Park. I don't know if that's still today, but okay. that's how much land that he gave to Palmer Park, which wasn't originally called Palmer Park, by the way. He didn't want it named after him. He originally mm-hmm. called it Log Cabin Park. That oh. was named for the log cabin that's still there today. Really? Yeah. So the can you log, go to it? It's closed to visitors right now, but you can still see it. Okay. Um, but the log cabin was designed by Mason and Rice, which is a, a architectural firm we've talked about a couple times. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you anything else they designed off the top of my head, but um, it was designed by them to be a rustic summer home. Lizzie Merrill Palmer, Palmer's wife, wanted a log cabin because she had grown weary of the city life and wanted to return to simpler times. Oh, wow. And like, while it was rustic, it does sound like it's still pretty lush, like fine materials were used. There were two fireplaces, a parlor. And they also filled the cabin with family heirlooms and souvenirs from Palmer's time as an ambassador to Spain. So I guess part of his political career was an ambassador to Spain. Damn. Damn. Uh, and also some artifacts paying homage to Michigan's early pioneer days. So I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. I don't know if it's just like saws and shit, but like. <laughs> just a wall of saws. I, that's what I I, there's for some, some reason I'm thinking of. I bet there were some candlesticks. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I bet you they did that on hot summer days. They just dipped some candles because that's, oh, I mean, that's yes. all pioneer people did. Have you ever they done that? Candles. I have. Me too. I it is kind of fun. Thought it was the coolest thing as a child. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't want to did burn it them. For Christmas and like we had red and green wax. So you could do like a couple layers of red, a couple layers mm-hmm. of green, kind of just go back and oh, forth. Yeah. It was all about that layering. Right. <laughs> um, I think we need to make candles this summer now. I think we need to make a list of what we need to do, but I agree yes. that candles are Very that big list. fan of summer list because we could actually hang out this summer and do cool I know. things. It's so we so got to do cool things. It's um, so exciting. Although my summer is filling up much faster <gasps> than I would enjoy. Okay. Well, schedule me in for just time in general and we'll fill yes. it in with things. Yes, absolutely. Okay. One of them being candle making. Good, 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 good. Um, 
So they, in the house, they did like to entertain, but with, quote, no formality, as described by a writer for the 19, 1911 Horse Breeding Gazette. Oh, oh, that's very specific Gazette. Yeah, I don't know why he was covering the Palmers, but he, he, like, he mentioned in this article that no, like, kind of no frills entertaining. I uh, wonder if they had a horse. I, well, I would think so, you know? Okay. I feel like a yeah. horse would do well there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a cool tradition, like when fellow senators would visit, Palmer would have them plant a tree on which he would put a brass plaque with their name on it. Nice. Um, and the cabin was on the shore of Lake Francis, which was a man-made lake in Palmer Park that has a few islands and a small lighthouse. Wow. And like I said, the cabin is still there, but it is close to visitors. Um, and then, so like I said, I was known as... Log Cabin Park originally, but in 1897, it was unanimously decided to rename the park Palmer Park. Not because he died, just they decided that was the right time to rename it Palmer Park. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he blushed. Like, oh. I hope so. Oh, oh wow. He's like, oh, you've done me such an honor by naming this <laughs> park for me. <laughs> Truly, I am blessed. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> blessed and heart of favor. That was the exact speech, actually. Yes, verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of the Merrill Fountain? I feel like I've seen it written down, but not, like, I don't know, like, on a map or something. Okay. Well, it's because it's moved, why. which is interesting. So oh. it was a fountain originally commissioned and donated by Lizzie, his wife. And it was opened in 1901 in front of the old opera house in Campus Martius. So, like, the mm-hmm. original opera house, I believe. Yeah. Um. In 1925, it was relocated to Palmer Park when the Woodward was to be widened. Um, It was thought that it was kind of a better spot for it anyway, kind of amongst the natural beauty. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, at some point, the fountain kind of fell into neglect and disrepair and thus isn't working today. But um, I think the Friends of Palmer Park, which is kind of like the park association that like keeps, you know, maintains the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I think they're trying to get it working again, but it's kind of like you know fundraising the money to fix it. Yeah. So hopefully they can. It's a beautiful looking fountain, huge. Oh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, this might be the weirdest part of Polar Park, but there was a an attraction called the Spruce Log. And like, okay. <laughs> like, remember during the Electric Park episode, and I was like. Oh, yeah. One of the best attractions was a scale model of a flood that happened. Uh, Yes. This was so much weirder. So there was a spruce log, as the name would suggest, that was 271 feet long and 11 and a half feet in diameter. Wow. I'm just visualizing that now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But people came to see a big log. Well, here's what they did. They split it into two sides and hollowed it out. So one side... Was hauled out, was just chill, had some benches inside. You can go just like, ooh, I'm sitting on a log. <laughs> the other side uh-huh. was hollowed out and had two cages. Guess what was in these two cages? Oh, no. Um, why is my first impulse to say children? That's awful. I hope it's not children. I think because I'm scared. Oh, no. In the cages, um, I'm just going to go an obvious tigers for my second guess close so one of them had a bear okay and the other one had a mountain lion oh no just (laughs) keeping them in cages in this small hollowed out log like it's a big log but like how big that big not big enough to have both a mountain lion and a bear yeah oh no that hmm yeah, I'm just. And what's like, the purpose? I mean, like, I get people were enamored by like animals and stuff, but like wild and. Ugh, let's just leave the animals. Let them be animals. Right. Don't put them in logs. Right. Like, why? <laughs> like another interesting part is like nobody's like really quite sure where it came from. Uh huh. Like one origin had it coming from California. One said that. It came from Gray Harbor, Washington, but like kind of the far. Yeah, like I don't like how did it end up in Palmer Park? But like in that time era too, like right. 
how is that even possible? I mean, I guess Bizarre. they had like railroads and stuff. So yeah, it'd have to be a railroad, I think. But oh, absolutely. Why? <laughs> why? So much effort for a giant log. Yeah. And so like the most like likely origin story was mm-hmm. that it was um, originally at the 1904 World's Fair and somehow ended up on display on Gratiot before moving to Belle Isle. Uh, in 1907, the city bought it for $1,000, including the animals, and that's when it was moved to Palmer Park. Okay, so it didn't only come from 2,000 miles away. It also moved around multiple times within the city? With the animals. Yep. Sure did. <laughs> I. Wow, okay. Also, okay. even weirder, nobody knows what happened to it. It like does like I couldn't oh, find anything that. about where it is today if it still exists. It's just gone. Like I literally have a quote: "Despite being a popular tourist stop, it disappeared at some point without any fanfare." It cut out for a minute. I heard even weirder, and then it cut out. Nobody's quite sure what happened to it. Like where did <gasps> it go? When did it leave? What for happened real? to it? Yeah, I like, just I assumed just, it like rotted or something and they had to like, you know, get rid of it because it was a log. But this is the only quote I could find about it. And it was despite being a popular tourist stop, it disappeared at some point without any fanfare. Oh, no, just disappeared. Just going to wait for a second, apply some chapstick. All right, you back? I am back. I didn't hear from the quote on. If it does it one more time, no, I'm going to try to go on my hotspot or whatever. I like. I've realized like when I stop hearing anything, just to stop talking because that means you're gone. <laughs> I am a talker, so it's yeah. pretty obvious. If you don't hear at least that, mm-hmm, <laughs> or right? Something, I'm gone. <laughs> so another like attraction, if you will, or just like mm-hmm. landmark, I guess, is the Spanish Fuck Bell. Me. Um, there's not a ton of info, it, but I figured it was still worth mentioning. You can't hear me, mentioning. but I'm doing it. Uh, it was cast in Spain in 1793 by Paula Gomez. And at some point, at least 200 years ago, it was moved to Mexico. And then at some point, some senators raised the funds to purchase the bell as a gift for Palmer. Which, like, kind of a weird gift. Like, here's this bell that, like, was from Spain mm-hmm. to Mexico, and now he bought it for you. And now it's just in Palmer Park. So next, I want to talk about the apartments because they are beautiful. I've only seen the outside and they're every time I drive by them, I'm always like, I, I love those. Like they just look, they look gorgeous even from the outside. It's like, they're gorgeous and like, literally it's like one of the most varied and most ornate examples of apartment architecture in the state from that time. Ugh. I love that. And we're back. Back, 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 back again. Um, we had the most amazing technological problem, and we might sound different right now. Spectacular how quickly things went wrong that day. They really did. Uh, we're actually recording in person right now. I know we yeah. said it would be the next episode, but we're doing it right now, and... That is because Alex's internet went completely down on that oh, afternoon. Yeah. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want to push it. We didn't want to, whatever. I blame Mercury. Always. Go forward, Mercury, please. Right. Stop it. Mm-hmm. So we had a break. It might have felt weird to you guys. I apologize to listeners if it was a little abrupt, but, you know, life. Yeah and stuff so and we're back so like you know we are back and i'm so excited to hear more about palmer park yes so i think we left off talking about the apartments so let's start there sounds fantastic so the apartments are kind of in my opinion one of the like the best known but also best kept secrets of palmer park they're all just fabulously historic Mm -hmm. oh they're beautiful yeah oh they're just and they're so varied which i like even have a fact in here about like it's some of the most varied and most ornate examples of apartment architecture in the state. Um, so they started building them in the 20s. And most of the 40 buildings that make up Palmer Park were built in the 20s and 30s. But development went on into the 60s. 
The first building that was built was a uh, thousand and one Covington. Mm-hmm. They were designed for the upper middle class, and some of the rep- styles represented in the district are Egyptian, Moorish Revival, Spanish Colonial Revival, Mediterranean, Venetian, Tudor, Art Modern, and International. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> right. They kind of just have like a little bit of everything. It's mm-hmm. kind of in, it's a very interesting block to walk down. It's like, here's a Spanish part. Here's this part. Here's the Venetian. Like, and I'm going to I'm going to say this. Yes. Like Epcot. Yes. Oh. Exactly. It is exactly like Epcot <laughs> around the world, around the world in 80 apartments, mm-hmm. as they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a super cool part of town with all the apartments. Um, one of the rules that uh, the apartment buildings used to have, I don't think they still have to this day, is like you kind of had to know someone living there to get in there. Oh, exclusive. Yeah, I think it was part of it just to keep the neighborhood gay. Like, mm-hmm. you have to know her to get in. Uh, in 1983, the area was declared a historic district. And in 2005, the boundaries got uh, extended to cover more area. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, it's not as hard to get an apartment there, but I imagine it's like on the upswing, like most of Detroit, because they are just beautiful apartments. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to the gays. The gays Ooh. are coming to town. <laughs> so originally after World War One, downtown was the hub for the gays. Mm-hmm. And in the 50s, that's when they started kind of migrating north. I like the term migrating. Makes it sound so, like, right. large. Like They packed up their caftans yeah. and went up Woodward, basically. <laughs> A few miles. <laughs> yeah. So it eventually brought them to Palmer Park, which was once considered to be, like, San Francisco gay. Like, a gay mecca. Like, it could have mm-hmm. been, like, the gay mecca of the Midwest, in my opinion, but... Um, and some of the draws to the area, like I said, were the apartments, um, the open-minded management, and some even had child-free living policies. Oh, wow. Like, no kids. Yeah. Which, I think we need to do more of that. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, because people who want that would really appreciate right. that. Because it it's different, and kids are right. And, yeah. Like, I feel like I do yeah, like better behavior when there's children around. I don't want to, you know... Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I want to walk around with a wine bottle and have it be okay. <laughs> through, through the hallways. Open. Yeah. <laughs> Doing your laundry. Yes. Just like looking like uh, Isidore from freaking the birdcage. Oh. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that movie. Oh, same. Instant classic. But so I do have a quote from a resident, Greg Piazza. From WDET's Curiosity podcast series, which I think we've mentioned them before, but just to mention them again, they're kind of just like this great little, like, bite-sized podcast mm-hmm. episodes about, like, like basically I think it's all listener questions from like, the si- people who live in the city just want to know, so. Yeah, no, it's it's really, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, like I said, like, they're, I don't think any of them are longer than, like, five, six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're nice, bite-sized, little, like. Oh, I had a question about this. They had a, like, an episode about Palmer Park, which is where I got some of this information from. And including this quote, which was, There was one building we called the Barracks. 48 apartment units, 46 of them were gay men. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's an area in the park that was called the Green Beach. And I have another quote from Piazza about that. Quote, It was where you went to show off for the season. You took your latest friend, your bathing suit. On a day like today, there would be 40 people. I wonder why green, though. Like, was so it was green? just like a field. Like, you'd still oh, go out there and, it, like, okay. want, mm-hmm. you'd go out there and like, lounge in your bathing suit. But, like, yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. I don't know if anyone would swim the ponds. I don't think I would uh, swim no, the ponds. They're, no. Because they're ponds. I yeah. mean, like, they're literally swampy ponds. Yeah, no, thank you. Also in the area were eight bars, two gay-friendly bookstores, two restaurants. Um, should have had an and in there some point, but there was a list. <laughs> uh, one of those bars is still around. That one's Menjo's. I oh, love yeah. Menjo's. We've been there together before. We have. It's, it's a, a lot of time. fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, so that opened in 1973. The Disco Ball is the same one, even though it's not the same location. So it's not the original location. Wow, that's lived through some things yeah if disco balls could talk i mean if this one could talk it would say i saw madonna because madonna used to go there back in the day oh so, gorgeous yeah like i just i didn't know to just have madonna used to live in the area would come dance there 
indented bullet, so you know it's hella gay. Uh, but some other relics from Detroit Gay... So they also have, like, some like, unofficial museum of, like, gay nightlife relics or just gay relics from the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they mentioned they had stuff from other bars, like Diamond Gin Saloon and Gigi's and R&R Saloon. I think Gigi's the only one of those that's still around. I think the other ones. Okay. I don't yeah. know why it's such a saloon theme over there, you know? That's interesting. Maybe because it was, like, the Wild West of... Yeah. Something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, they That's actually what inspired Brokeback Mountain was, you know, all these saloon bars <laughs> in Detroit. In Palmer Park. Yes, yes. <laughs> so eventually white flight would affect Palmer Park and the gays were once again on the move and they kind of just moved north again to Ferndale, Royal Oak, or Birmingham, depending on your level of bougie. Um <laughs> And so the neighborhood kind of started taking a new life then. It was still gay, but it was becoming more open to gay POC. Um, and they even have a hotter than July black gay pride picnic there and have for the past 20 years. Oh, and at least that was two in 2016. I haven't like, you know, the find if they're still doing it. I hope they still are. I think that's a great like that they have like a, yeah. a, like a special thing, especially given the history of the area. I think it's a great they have like a nice pride event there yeah yeah and plus the name hotter than july that's great it's beautiful yeah and it's put on by an lgbt detroit it's put on by lgbt detroit an org for black lgbt people in the city kind of like flashing forward to now uh well it's no longer the gay metropolis it once was it's still a pretty gay area as i mentioned menjo's is still there the episode of curiosity that had the detailing the episode came out in around 2016 around the time of the Pulse Nice nightclub shootings. Oh yeah. They mentioned that after that um Menjo's actually like soared. Like you know like they kind of like people recognized how important gay clubs are to our community and kind of as a safe space like neighborhoods once were. So they also like one thing I thought that was interesting about the WDET is they kind of or maybe this is from an article I can't I didn't remember this but um, they were kind of talking about just the idea of gayborhoods in general, kind of. Is it truly equal to be sectioned off like that? Or is it more when you're able to live in a neighborhood where your neighbors are as different as someone else? Like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of arguing are gayborhoods good or not? I kind of like think that both can exist simultaneously because, you know, if you want to go live in just a normalized neighborhood, cool. If you want to find a gayborhood and find that community, absolutely good, too. I think it's just kind of like. Just like having that space, safe space is such a big thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it creates options yeah. where there were no options before. So right. like, that's always a good thing. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I understand too that people might want to live in that like safe space community where it's like a little bit more homogenized with homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just thought it was an interesting point about neighborhoods in general. But yeah. that's kind of a wrap on Palmer Park. Like I mentioned, some of my sources already. Uh, WDET's Curiosity Podcast, Wikipedia, Metro Times, and HistoricDetroit.org. Oh, thank you so much. I I can't believe, because that was on our original list yeah. when we were planning yeah, the, the show. The first six, yeah, yeah. We, we just made a list. And I don't remember why it got moved around. Oh, I think it was something involving like a material or something to do with the yeah. research. Yeah. And this is when our show was completely different because we yeah. we didn't have the uh, surprise each other set in place for those first yeah. six episodes. And I love that we do that now. I think that's a lot of fun. It adds yeah. a little twist to it, not to yeah. know what the other person's doing. But I don't know how that never hasn't gotten done yet because it's such right. an important area. It really is. It's, it's such a cool, like, like unique area of the yeah. city. And I drive past it all the time because it's like pretty much I think like because like, McNichols is six mile, correct? It sounds right. I yeah. Sure. <laughs> so like, it's pretty much like Woodward and McNichols is mm-hmm. like that area, and like, I actually like two or three years ago, whatever my last year at GM was, I they built a helped build a playground at the park there. Oh, that's so fun. Which I don't know why I did that. Why am I building a playground for children in the Palmer Park? But, I mean visitors. Yeah. Times have changed. <laughs> I guess we can allow children. I was going to say, maybe some of the apartments don't have that policy anymore. Yeah. And love that the kids have a playground. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's good. And yeah. No, yeah. Like, they're just cleaning and maintaining the park, too. Just kind of like, mm-hmm. it was nice they, to see them put more into it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I had an adventure day many years ago with a friend in the park just to uh-huh. check it out. And yeah. 
there's all those like uh there's like some buildings and stuff or yeah. back there that are kind of interesting too and I remember there was like some mural somewhere. It's been a yeah. second, so I can't quite There's remember. There's some squash courts. I think they did a squash or pickleball. Okay. Pickleball, maybe both. I just learned about pickleball in Florida. I've heard the term, but I didn't know what it was. My aunt loves it. I like don't know much about it, but I just always hear like, oh, I'm going to play pickleball. I'm like, have fun with that. Don't mm-hmm. know what it is. It's like tabletop tennis, but tennis. I don't know. My parents tried to explain it. Apparently, Margaritaville also has a ton of pickleball courts and then like one tennis court or something like within it. Yeah. Pickleball is huge like people of a certain age just love pickleball and i love that for them maybe someday when i'm of a certain age i will love pickleball too you know what if if you ever visit margaritaville with me we'll play pickleball we'll play pickleball sounds great (laughs) don't know how to play but we'll figure figure it it out out. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get there well thank you again so much for doing that that was really problem yeah like i love it again a long time in the making but Mm -hmm. finally happy i did it yeah. Well, we're going to transition because your reward yes. is a game in person. Yes, it's been so long. Don't read my face. I won't. I look at my microphone. Right That's okay. Light. It's okay. <laughs> uh, of two truths and a lie. Okay. I'm ready. So this one comes from our good friend, Mental Floss. Love her. And this is adv- advice from the Middle Ages. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Number one, vomit every morning for your health. Okay. Number two, comb your hair a minimum of 100 strokes. Okay. Number three, cure baldness with onions. Uh, I'm going to go with the vomiting being the lie. That one is accurate. It is not oh, a lie. Um, so we are down to combing your hair a minimum of 100 strokes or cure baldness with onions. For some reason, the hundred stroke thing sticks out in my mind is true. And I don't know if it's because like, I'm just like having flashbacks to either like the Brady Bunch movie where Marsha's like 99, oh, yeah. 100. I loved that movie. I love both of those movies. <laughs> Me too. There's been more than those two, but I I stand by my statements of I love both those movies. Oh yeah, they're, we'll, we'll do the rest a movie of them are made, like yeah, Because now we actually can. Yes. Oh my God. We have to watch so many movies now. Mm-hmm. But... I think I'm going to go with number three being the lie, the onions to cure baldness. Number three is true. Damn it. Okay, so it is the hundred strokes. (laughs) It is the hundred strokes. That one's actually, it's comb your hair a minimum of a hundred times with a brush from the 1940s. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure other eras too, but I found a specific reference for the 1940s, brushing your hair a hundred times. Love it. Long, silky hair. Yeah. Uh, I would have died with curly hair. That's just too much brushing. Yeah. So the vomit every morning for your health, it is true. And I'm going to go through it a little bit now. Some advice manuals were called mirrors for princes and they were created for kings and rulers. They Uh included thoughts about governance, tips for who to trust, dietary information and war and peace strategies. Okay. So something called the, I might say this weird, but secretum secretorum. Okay. AKA the secret of secrets. Love it. Was a text from about 13, 26, 27 ish. And it was about royal conduct. So it was given to Edward III at the beginning of his reign. And it claims to be a letter from Aristotle to Alexander the Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it says, quote, I have a lot of quotes in this, two truths. Yes. Quote, those things that fatten and cheer and add flesh to the body are moderation and cohabitation, eating wheat bread and the flesh of fat chickens, vomiting every morning with sweetened vinegar in summer, riding on with paste. Cattle. Some of it reads really weird. Yeah. Uh, with cattle and drinking out of a new and sweet smelling vessels. And those that emaciate and weaken the body are excessive love, sleeping on the ground, sleeping with old women, and looking at disagreeable and unavoidable sights. But the worst of all are evil thoughts and pursuing anxieties. Okay, the last one. I know the last one, the last one kicks. Um I don't it Age doesn't matter if you want to yeah. sleep. It's sleep as long as you know it's right. not gross. There, there's limitations in the right. other direction, but um, don't vomit every morning. Yeah, I don't understand how that could be seen as health, especially back in those days. I guess if you're a ruler, like food may have been easy to come by, but like if I'm a peasant starving in the fields, I'm not going to throw up in the morning. It's yeah, like no, I worked hard for that. This is for royalty, though. Only royalty gets to vomit every day in the morning with vinegar. So. Not only are you ruining the enamel 
on the way down, yeah. you're ruining it on the way back up too. So just now why do they had like brown shekels for teeth? Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, uh, curing baldness with onions, completely accurate okay. in the regimen senitatis. Sure. <laughs> Salernitanum. Yep. Doing really good, which was likely derived from an Arabic piece of writing before it. It gives advice on many things, specifically herbs, foods, treatments, and household manners. It says, yeah. quote, the doctors do not, do not seem to agree on onions. Gallen says that they are not good for those of caloric humor, but he teaches that they are quite salubrious for phlegmatics. Okay. And especially good for the stomach and the complexion. By frequently rubbing your bald spots with ground onions, you may restore your head of hair. I'm going to have to remember that. So bathe in onions. Eat eat the onions, bathe in them. Everything onions. I I mean, there are health benefits to onions, but like. Whoever wrote holes must have read that and been like, got it. (laughs) They're going to eat the onions. They're going to turn the onions into foot stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain to get the onions. It's true. I have some other ones too because I couldn't help but like yeah. continue with these. Yeah, of course. They're just funny. They all have a text too, but the text is the fun part. Yeah. So one of them is don't fart while dancing. Solid advice. <laughs> yeah. In the early 16th century, dance theorist Antonius de Arena wrote The Rules of Dancing to give advice for the Basse style of dancing, B A S S E. Okay. And it goes, quote, Furthermore, never fart when you are dancing. Grit your teeth and compel. You are to hold back the fart. And he goes on to talk about don't have a dripping nose. Do not dribble your mouth. Um, no woman desires a man with rabies. And refrain from spitting before the maidens because that makes one sick and even revolts the stomach. If you spit of blow your nose or sneeze, remember to turn your head away after the spasm. And remember not to wipe your nose with your fingers. Do it properly with a white handkerchief. I mean, again, solid advice. (laughs) Don't sneeze on people. Don't fart on them. (laughs) Something remarkably similar to my family's rules about babies. (laughs) This next one is very um, uh, geographically specific. Okay. And it is avoid camel froth at all costs. Ah. That camel frog. Best piece of advice I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. In one of the most popular books of the early Renaissance, late Middle Ages, called Magia Naturalis, Natural Magic. Okay. Written by Giambattista della Porta, written in 1588. There was a lot of advice about medicine, cooking, geology, beauty, chemistry, more, of course. Uh-huh. But it wasn't quite exactly accurate, some of it. Shocking. Yeah. And in the beauty section, for example, the ingredients included things like quicksilver. Okay. Not not a good thing. No. For, nope. Uh, or disemboweling livestock for face wash. Uh, 17 was wilded back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the, this goes, quote, Also dates eaten in too great a quantity causes drunkenness and the pains to the head. So bread with wine makes a man drunk. Amber grease or musk put in wine exasperates drunkenness. The fifth of a dog's ear mingled with wine. Oh, God. <laughs> makes a drunk, as Albertus says. But Rasses, out of whom he took it, says, That wine wherein the seeds of resinus are infused. If anyone drink it, it will inebriate them. Camel's froth, drunk with water by a drunken man, will make him mad as possessed with a devil. So everything else is going to make you drunk, but camel froth? Mm-hmm. That's going to get the devil in you. It's the it's the demonization of camel froth to me. I know. Camels are kind of cute. I um, I don't know if I want to know what camel froth is. No, I'm assuming spit. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. They excrete. We don't need to get into camel excretions. We're not a camel excretions podcast. No, absolutely not. Um, The next one is lose weight with cow dung and wine. This has kind of already come up in some of these, sort of. There's been mentions of Put both Put shit items. in your wine, you won't want to drink it, get skinny? <laughs> like, In a text called the Trotula about women's health, this is specifically women's health. Ladies, mm-hmm. get that cow shit ready. <laughs> Composed in the 12th century by a female physician named Trata de Salerno, gives this weight loss advice. Quote, If, however, the woman is fat and seemingly dropsical, 
Let us mix cow dung with very good wine, and with such a mixture we afterwards anoint her. Then let her enter a steamboat up to the neck, which steamboat should be very hot from a fire and made with elderwood, and in it, while she is covered, let her emit a lot of sweat. Somewhere like a steam room, yeah, lodge, yeah. sauna. We also treat fat men in another way. We make for them a grave next to the shore of the sea in the sand, and in the described manner you will anoint them. And in the heat is very great, we place them halfway into the grave, halfway covered, with hot sand poured over, and there we make them sweat very much. And afterward, we wash them very well with the water of the previous bath. Ew. <laughs> so you're... <laughs> Let's so, wash you with the other person's stank water. I mean, women got away a little easier. They they did have to be anointed with like... Shit wine? Cow, yes. Cow shit wine. Um, men had to be buried in hot sand, have more hot sand, and called a grave, and have more hot sand poured on them. Also anointed before all of this. And then dirty bath water. Yeah, I'm good. I thought that, like, I thought keto was mad, but now I'm, you know. Have you ever seen those people that do, like, fucking butter beef? No. They just cook beef in a crock pot with butter. And then, like, that's their meal for the week, just butter beef. Keto! Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing against people doing keto, but, like... Sometimes I don't understand. I think it's the... there's, There's extremes. Right, like, I think there's, like... There could be some actual science to keto, but I don't think that people are following that science. Well, no, I mean, just putting butter in crockpot. There is beef. definitely science. I don't understand it. I know it's to go like into the state of ketosis and like, yeah. stay there or whatever. But like, I, you still have arteries, right? They're like, important. You might lose weight, but like, what's it doing? Right. Yeah. And I think there. I guess what I'm saying. I think there's a healthy way for people to to follow it. I also it's kind of like, like people who are like, I'm a vegetarian. I only eat French fries. Like you know. Mm-hmm. I knew people like that in high school. Like, I don't eat meat. I, I just like eat that. French fries. She only ate potatoes. She yeah. ate all potatoes, but only potatoes. Right. And yogurt randomly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, you do you. Uh, and I, I personally too, I am trying to get away from like the mindset of like diet culture and things like that. And trying yeah. to be like more in tune with yeah. all that and stuff. So just be careful following anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't rub shit wine on yourself. <laughs> do not su- we do not suggest that at all. We do not condone that here at Detroit Strange. If you do that, please do not let us know mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> these last three, I'm going to probably go over a little quicker, but they're ridiculous to you. If you want a Lord's wife to stop making advances on you, feign illness. Okay. And this one, it's from the first English courtesy book of etiquette called The Book of Civilized Man by Daniel of Beckles in the 13th century. And it gives this advice. If the wife of your Lord turns her eyes on you too often and wantonly loses shameful fires at you, letting you know that she wants to have intercourse with you, if she says, the whole household and your Lord, my husband, shall serve you forever, you alone shall be my darling, you shall rule everything, everything which belongs to your Lord shall be open to you. Consult me, my son. What I counsel is planted in your heart. Between two evils, choose the lesser evil. Your safer plan is to feign illness, nerve-wracking diseases, to go away sensible and prudently. So they were the original, I can't deny I have a headache, I can't, I just couldn't possibly. Well, and like, also, this makes me question a little bit, how often was this happening in history where like, the, the you know, Lord's wife, Lord, that Lordess, I don't know, nope, that's a person. That's Madonna's daughter. Lord and lady, I think lady, it's just a lady. Okay. Lady. No, I think I was thinking of um, Carrie Fisher. No, Carrie Fisher's daughter's name too. Oh, is she Billy Lourdes? Yeah, I was thinking her name. Yeah. See, I was thinking Lourdes Chicani. I don't know. Whatever. Gia, Gia something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this was happening frequently enough for there to be an etiquette book about how to get out of it. Right. Which is interesting. I mean, like you. I don't know. It's just interesting. Um. And the next one is judge a man by his feet, also from the Secretum Secretorum, which one of the other ones is from, in a section that talks about the pseudoscience of <laughs> physiognomy. Yep. That good old physiognomy. <laughs> this portion talks about a person's outer appearance corresponding directly to their behavior and personality. So not a, judge a man by his feet for what he's got. Just got it. But just like who he is. 
It's the modern day equivalent of someone walking up in like juicy sweatpants and a cracked iPhone. You know their trouble. Yeah, exactly. And like a cracked <laughs> iPhone 8. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it goes, similarly broad and fresh, fleshy feet indicate ignorance of love and oppression, and small and soft feet indicate wickedness. The best feet are those of moderate size and symmetrical of form, with little flesh, sound nails, and symmetrical toes. Thinness of the ankles denotes timidity, and their thickness indicates courage. And fullness of the calves and ankles denotes foolishness and shamelessness. Likewise, two full thighs show weakness and softness. Get out of here with them thick thighs. because You're soft, apparently. See, I must be the softest person ever because. Like, it just reminds, there's a song from one of the drag queens, thick thighs make a dick rise, you know. So, (laughs) getting conflicting reports about what these thighs do it. It's like the um the clap back to the secretum secretum. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one is and this one this one still probably holds true. Woo a woman with food. Yeah. Woo anyone with food, <laughs> exactly. honestly. From a 12th century text. Yeah, no, anyone for sure. Right. From a 12th century text named De Amor, the Art of Courtly Love. Author Andreas Capellanus really doesn't like women. He emphasizes women as being duplicitous, fickle, and envious. So basically, he was a dick and, a, like, hated women. Yeah. At one point, he states, quote, Women is also such a slave to her belly that there is nothing she would be ashamed to assent to if she were to assure of a fine meal. And no matter how much she has never had any hope that she can satisfy her appetite when she is hungry. She never invites anybody to eat with her, but when she eats, she always seeks out hidden and retired places, and she usually likes to eat more than normal. <laughs> Why? This guy just like this is let the woman eat. It's well, like middle ages. She's probably been cooking bread for twelve years. Like let her eat. Uh-huh. And this is like some passed down trauma to like just yeah everybody in general like. <laughs> Why? Just uh, why? That's so yeah. So, rude. I mean, we knew we knew men could be dicks back then for sure too. Oh, absolutely. No, not divorce. Just that. take her head. You know. Yeah, but ugh. so anyway, that is some advice from long ago from your from your from your Y O U R E. But I think that finally. After this whole roller coaster of a situation that wraps us like a person trying to lose weight in the Middle Ages, it sure covered does. in shit, covered in sand, and wrapped up and, and rubbing onions everywhere. Yep, just you know, two fur, two yep. birds, one stone. That's how we got Bigfoot. Just left a guy too long in an onion bath. Uh, but no, oh, you're right, yeah, because that's how to make hair. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I reversed it in my head for some reason. Yeah. yeah. But also judge Bigfoot for his <laughs> for his feet. <laughs> they're not moderate size and they're probably not symmetrical. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but if you want to find us on our social medias, you can find us on uh, Detroit Strange at Gmail. Oh, that's our email address. In person, throw me off. Social <laughs> media D- at Detroit Strange, Instagram, Face. No, Instagram and Twitter. We'll you know what? If you want to find us, Detroit Strange, wherever you search, and yeah. then just our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Yeah, you know, you, you can find us. We're there. Right. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can always leave a review. That would be a great way. Yep. Five star would be fantastic and help us so much. And we've also got a threadless shop for merchandise. Yep. Uh, DetroitStrange.threadless.com. You know, I remember mm-hmm. that one. Some cute tanks on there. Yeah, let's get your summer merch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also got our Patreon. Again, yeah. Detroit Strange. Find us there. And if there's something you'd like to see or anything that you'd like, email yeah. us. Detroit Strange at Gmail. Slide in them DMs. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. And uh, I think until, until next, next time. time stay, stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Sex and Violence. Oh, that was fun to do. So much easier to sync to. Oh, we did it. Okay.